welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. We've got a special episode today. We're going to be talking about West Midlands football in general, so not just Aston Villa. Delighted we've got the voice of the West Midlands, Justin, on. Uh, Daz, how come, he's on, how come he's on more than you? I'll tell you what, it's the, it's, um, it's got photos of me and it's just like... Yeah, it's and I will use them. <laughs> so, Daz Hale is our special guest today, BBC WM football phoning presenter. How are you, mate? I'm good, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, there's a lot to talk about at the moment, isn't there? It was unusual, actually, on the um, phoning tonight, Wednesday, because no one's got anything to moan about. It's really unusual <laughs> at the moment. At least, normally, got at least one of our clubs. It's like it's the end Get of the, the world. Most but, of it. Yeah, it's everyone's quite upbeat at the moment. I think, which is uh, which is great, really. Well, that leads us on to this episode, really, because I've been thinking about you know, West Midlands football as a as a whole. And I feel like we're starting to get into quite a good place. I mean, there's always one that lets the side down, but uh, I'm sure we'll get on to Birmingham City later on anyway. But uh, how do you feel about it, Daz? You know, you've got Villa third in the Premier League, Wolves mid-table doing pretty well, West Brom look like they're going to get playoffs at least. So as a whole, how do you think we're doing at the minute? Well, that's it. I mean, and obviously we cover Warsaw as well, who've been on a really good run just recently. So they're on the within touching distance of the playoffs. I think the thing is, isn't it, as a fan, that a you want your club to be ambitious, and I think that a number of our clubs at the moment, not all of them, have got that ambition. Even if things aren't always panning out just the way you want to be, but I think as well when I mean, I think Villa are doing brilliantly. I think they're doing better than a lot of people thought they would. I mean. I think everyone was optimistic this season under Unai, but if you'd said like at Christmas you'd be joint top of the Premier League, no one saw that coming. Most people, including Wolves fans, thought Wolves would be battling against relegation this season and they've got a 12-point buffer at the moment. Albion fans were thinking, blimey, with the squad we've got and all the problems going on behind the scenes, do well to stay up. So I think they've got three teams there out of the five who are actually doing better than Perhaps we thought they would back in August, so that's always a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the the region as a whole. I, I remember, I can't remember what year it was, but that season where you got Villa, Blues, West Brom, Wolves, all in the Premier League at the same time. I feel like you know, at the minute, the Premier League, London clubs rule the roost, don't they? Nobody really thinks of like Birmingham as like this football juggernaut at all. It's then goes to Manchester. So, Justin, how are you feeling about Midlands football at the minute? Well, I'm a passionate advocate of Midlands football. Uh, always have been. Obviously, I'll follow Villa, and that's that's where my, my love lies. But over the years, I think it, it's you know it's very important to have successful clubs in the area for, for the bigger picture. Really, like Daz was saying, you know, the dominance of the other areas of the country. It, you know, it makes me angry, really, because we've got some phenomenal football clubs in this area, and the passion and and you know that the fans have got is as 
big as anywhere. You know, I don't get this that so many so and so fans are more passionate than others. That's just not the case for me. You know, Newcastle always bleat on that they've got the most passion. It's rubbish. Every single fan base has got really hardcore, passionate supporters. And the West Midlands is no different. You know, and we've got some really, really big clubs, historical clubs and clubs that really should be should be doing better than they are at the moment. And they're all battling to to, to sort of get out of where the positions they're in, barring probably Villa at the moment. You know, everybody would like to be a bit higher up. But that's just the way football goes, and it? it's very cyclical. Um, you know, we've seen periods where all the teams have been in the top flight, and at the moment, one or two are sort of struggling to get back up there. But you know, we'll get onto individual clubs in a minute, I suppose. But overall, I think we're in and not in a, a t- terrible state at the moment. It could be better, but I think you know, there's lots of positive signs um, around the corner. I think for a lot of our Midlands clubs, definitely. So we are. So go on, Daz. Don't we? No one, obviously, of course you do. But the thing is, and I agree with everything Justin said there, nothing's changed because I'm old enough to remember when Villa won the league and the national narrative was all Ipswich, Ipswich. No, they didn't even, nobody in the national media wanted wanted Villa to win the league. Hence the, do you want to bet against us? uh, Quote from Ron Saunders. And here we are now, all these years later, and still, you were joint top of the Premier League and still, no one was mm. talking. They was talking about teams you've just beaten. They were below you. No one was talking <laughs> about Villa, and and it's and it's right. This and I know there's like we could talk about teams that got empty seats and this. Uh, this is a really passionate area for football, and when your team's doing well, it affects the whole mood of of the place, of the town, of the city, and you can feel it as you walk around the places. And when it's not going well, and we've all we've experienced this more than when it is. It's, I've said before, you know, like in cartoons when there's that little man and he's walking around and he's got this rain cloud above his head and it's rain. It's not fashionable, never has been. And it makes me angry. It really, it really does wind me up. I mean, even when on the FA Cup draw last week, it was pulled out West Bromwich Albion against Brentford or Wolves. ITV don't even clock it. It was like, oh, no. Nice. <laughs> Two teams who won the FA Cup, God knows how many times between. Didn't even clock it, and it's nothing's changed. And like that's why I feel so passionate about what you guys are doing and what we do on the radio as well. It's just a voice where you're not going to be wheeled on for two minutes on Talk Sport, patted on the head, and right then let's start talking about Man United again or Arsenal or Spurs. It's where you actually get the chance to talk about your team because I've said it matters and it matters to people around here. And I've had a rant, haven't I? But that's how I feel. Sorry. <laughs> really gets to no, that's great stuff so we're going to touch on all five clubs then uh, but I thought it's not fair for me to pick Villa first and Blues last so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little draw so I'm going to pick out the teams at random uh, and we're going to talk about each team piece of paper number one He's Birmingham City. Right. Have we got an independent adjudicator? So, <laughs> so let's get stuck into these then. Um, uh, you know, it's it's what, I mean, I've got quite a few Blues fans, friends who are Blues fans. And, you know, to, I, I, I can never get my head around it all because it's just the same conversation every single season. They either start well and end bad or start bad and end well. Um, but this season has been ma- mad, you know, that 
started so well with Eustace. And I thought if they'd have stuck with him, they'd have probably got the playoffs. It just felt like a team that was together and, you know, one of those teams that sort of aren't expected to do well in that season and end up doing really well. Stack him, Rooney comes in, absolute disaster. And now they've made a good appointment, in my opinion, in, in Tony Mowbray, who, you know, given time, will probably stabilise them and give them a platform to move forward. So, Daz, I mean, you've probably had loads of callers calling up. I know Polly is one of your uh, callers as well. Um, yeah, so, you know, what's the general consensus been then of Bluesy season? Well, three managers in, in three months. I mean, Ian Beale's marriages last longer than that, do they? <laughs> Everyone, I mean, you touched upon it there with the whole Eustace thing. I think a lot of Blues fans, after, it happened with Rowett, didn't it? And they were doing well and they brought in Solar and everyone said, we've seen this movie before. And so it panned out and it was just, uh, I think, I, I agree with you. I think they've got the right manager now. And I think you, I draw comparisons again a little bit with when... Um, when Fosen came in at Wolves, and I don't know if you remember the guy, they appointed Walter Zenger. They sat Kenny Jackie, appointed Walter Zenger, who was just bonkers. He lasted about 12 matches. And then they had to bring Lambert in just to keep him up. And then the following year, they managed to get Nuno. So I think when you come in and they have all these big ideas, and sometimes it takes a bit of a while just to, uh, just to get your feet under the table. And I suppose to a degree, you could almost say the same thing with... Um, when Gerard was brought in, because you can look at Gary Cook and Rooney, and you can look at Perslow and Gerard. It's the whole fanboy thing, and it's not. Well, look, we all know, don't we? It's it's not about how famous you are, how good a footballer you are, or how many Instagram followers you got. It's are you a good manager? And they've got one now, Tony Mowbray. I think I think you're right, and I think he he gets the club, and he just gets football, and he can smell bull a mile off, Carney Tony Mowbray. So I'm, I'm guessing that the the um the intentions are honourable of the owners. Again, they're talking a good game. We'll, we'll find out, won't we? But I think if he he wouldn't have took the job if he thought that there was anything, you know, if they were just all talk and no action. So we'll see. And be interesting to see if they end up staying at St Andrews as well. Do you think they might move then? I, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know anything, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I think that um, well, we'll see, won't we? But uh, I think there's a lot of We'll see, but they're. I I wouldn't rule it out. I think it might be cheaper to yeah. buy a new, build a new stadium, than repair the one they've got now. But we'll see. Well, if it's anything like the the other night, so they might want to downgrade, not upgrade. <laughs> couldn't resist it, could he? Uh, he couldn't resist it. It's going so well, and we want to. <laughs> no. Daz, I've got to give the viewers what they want, and you know it's a villa fan. <laughs> right, next one out the out the cup. Then we are going to go with Wolves. Wolves are the next team. Justin, your next door neighbour is a Wolves fan. Um, if you had to talk about their season, then how, how would you summarise Wolves and where can they go? And O'Neill, how how's he doing? I've got to be fair to Wolves. Uh, I know there's another chap on his screen is, is a Wolves fan, so I'm going to be uh, kind to <laughs> him. But I'm going to I'm going to talk honestly. Um, I had him down to get relegated this season, as we, as we know at the start of the season when we did our preview pod, um, we predicted where we thought everyone was going to finish. 
Uh, I had Wolves to struggle last season, and I think people thought I was, you know, you know what you're talking about. You know, they're, they're in a decent position, uh, and they did. And then I, I just felt that momentum was going to follow through to this season, and I saw them really, really struggling. Uh, and that was a prediction when Lopetegui was manager, and with all the things swirling around him at the start of the season. Uh, all the obviously the, the, the amount of players that to shed seventeen odd players I think it was and which now looks like a very good move doesn't it considering what's happening to you know the other clubs that have suddenly become FFP targets there so you know financially off the pitch I think it, it's it's been a success a huge success I think I know they're in you know not in great monetary trouble but I'm saying that they're not in FFP trouble and that was the whole point surrounding that and then when. The decision was made, well, when Lopetegui decided to walk out and they brought Gary O'Neill in, I know a lot of Wolves fans that, that were very, very underwhelmed by that appointment, but they're not underwhelmed anymore, are they? They are utter converts. You know, I don't know a Wolves fan now that I talk to that's not, you know, absolutely over the moon with what he's done. And and so they should be because he's done an absolutely phenomenal job, as much as it pains me to say it. He's done a really, really good, solid job. A bit of a lot of job, I suppose, that they want that you would think Blues would want Mowbray to do going in, in there now. Um, and you've got to give them credit, you know. They've shed well over a full first team and a few subs of absolute quality players. You know, they haven't shed kids. They've shed most of the, the first 11. And what were remained were, were basically players that, were, that seemed a bit, didn't really want to be there, a lot of them. And a lot of them, you know, fed up with what was going on and everything that went on in the summer. So to, for Gary O'Neill to come in and to, to pull all that together as quickly as done, he's got a phenomenal home record. He picked points up away from home. They're comfortably mid-table. I don't really know what more they could he could have done. You know, they're even I'm even hearing on Dazzy's show about potential like could we nick into maybe a European place? I think the three or four. I don't three know if that's off at the moment. I think yeah, and absolutely yeah. right. Everybody, everybody thought it was going to be a relegation battle this season, including Lopetegui, and it's it's just really and in the summer because FFP was being bandied around a lot and. Some people start saying, oh, that's just a smokescreen. They've lost ambition. They've lost interest. Well, if they'd have caved into Lopetegui, they'd be, they could be in all sorts of trouble now. But, and I do think, yeah. I don't know if, uh, obviously, they, they had a dicky start to the season. And then they beat Manchester City. And obviously, when O'Neill came in, it was like, oh, he's a cheap yeah. option. Oh, he teacher. And I do think that when he did Monday Night Football, on Sky, and he spent about a couple of hours just talking through his tactics and his mindset, and I think that changed an awful lot of perceptions of him. But it's results, isn't it? Ultimately, you need to have results, and he's yeah. built that fans. But as we know in football, you're only you're only a week away from a crisis, but it's going all right at the moment. But <laughs> way to go, yeah. We may as well touch on the FA Cup then, Daz. How are you feeling about that? I mean, you haven't played West Brom for ages, have you? So you well, know. The, the, your, played, your proper derby back? Yeah, they played in the COVID season. The last time they played in front of the supporters years ago next month, and that was the final. And um, the last having Wolves haven't won at the Hawthorne since 1996, which is staggering. I do people remember you and Robert yeah. scored a hat-trick. 11 games, Albion have won six and Wolves have drawn five. So it's been not been a very happy hunting ground. I just think that it's, again... It's obviously you want your team to win. But I think it's great for the area. Again, it's got everybody buzzing, and it's just going to. It's again that thing before about you know when things happen at your football club, you can feel it, can't you, around the town, around the city, and 
I think it's great. And um, 11.45 kickoff. off <laughs> 11.45. <Wonder> <laughs> if, it's, if it's Villa Blues later on in the FA Cup, it'll be about half seven in the morning. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Villa <laughs> Blues will have to but, open even earlier. Yeah, when, when the draw came out for that, you know, uh, you know, for a, a West Midlands fan of, you know, our region, it, it's massive, really, because we saw all that hype of the Sunderland-Newcastle game and, you know, everybody's saying, what what noise, what a game, what a rivalry. But, you know, these are proper, proper derbies, these West Midlands ones. So, you know, I can't, I can't wait to tune in for it. So let's pick the next team then. Next team out is going to be Warsaw. So, Daz, you touched on um, Warsaw getting a little bit of form. Um, League two, they're not that far off the playoffs, uh, are they? No, no, the six points off the playoffs now. It's been a weird old time because this is their fifth season now in League Two. And in my lifetime, they've always been like third, you know, third tier. Might go up to the second tier for a bit, but generally third tier. The odd if it went down, they'd only be down for a year and they'd come back up. And they've been stuck there. And every year they've changed the manager. Every year they've completely pretty much changed the, the entire squad with a revolving door. Every year they end up in mid-table. They've had the takeover. It felt like it was happening again. And it, in December, they were very close to the bottom two. And the owner came over from America and it felt as if the manager, Matt Sadler, was staring down the barrel. Then out, out of nowhere, they won about five games out of six. They beat all the top teams. They're just six points off the playoffs now. And they've got four out of the next five games at home. So I think that this will be the, the testing time now for Warsaw. If they can, the six points off the playoffs, if they can do well in, in four out of these five home games, they'll be right in there. If they don't take advantage, then I think it's going to, it could be another season of like mediocrity again for them. So it's a big, big, big few weeks for them now. Yeah, like it's you say, an interesting one. Go on, please. I'll say it's an interesting one because this is Matt Sadler's first job, isn't it, Daz, if I'm correct, yes. as yeah. a manager. Uh, and obviously, he finished his playing career at Warsaw, so he knows a lot about it. But I think there's a lot to be said for bringing these, not safe managers, but just. Well, yeah, I suppose he's a safe pair of hands, somebody that, that's not maybe a, a high-flying foreign manager with all the, like, even a Wayne Rooney type. So he's learning on the job, but he does seem to be learning very quickly. And I think, you know, you've got to give him a lot of credit for the way he did, you know, he started badly, stabilised the club. You know, Warsaw at the moment, like you're saying, league sort of two, it has a bit of a feel of a non-league, sort of the way they go about almost every year having to turn over a whole team of players because they don't tend to have three, four-year contracts. All these players are on sort of shorter one, two-year deals. So if you do pick a bit of a, a, a diamond up, they're off, aren't they? Because you can't hold on to them. So I do feel a bit for sort of league two managers, but I think he has done a really good job. I think his, first, his last 10 games, he's got 16 points and his first 20, you got 20 from the first 16 games. So that does show a real improvement in form. And in that league, you only need to get on a bit of a run like he's doing now. And all of a sudden, that momentum can propel you into, into playoff zones. And I'm like you, Daz, you know, Warsaw for me was always probably higher end of League One that that, that is now, uh, but and lower end championship, which, you know, I'm going back to sort of. Um, Oh, uh, Dave Kelly days and stuff like that. You know when they when they were you know a really nice team to go watch. Most people, most Midlands, you know team um, of sort of followers, second clubs, if you like, they always you know go and watch them with your teams away from home. So 
I think it's no, it'd be nice to see them having a real good run. It'd be nice to see them get into that playoffs and even, you know, hopefully get a promotion as well this season and get them back up amongst where they, I think they deserve to be, League One. Again, it'd be good for the town, Warsaw. Yeah, yeah. It really needs so much. I wish they'd bring back the Arboretum. Sure, not the Arboretum, the, the lights. Surely someone, lights, somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to... All the markets as well, the markets, you know, the town centres, you know, like I work in obviously shopping centres and, and the town centres are, are decimated. So like you alluded to at the start, that football clubs, although they're, they're, you know, they're a sporting venue, they're the hub of the, the cities, aren't they? You know, in Warsaw. Yeah. Yeah, the heartbeat of the towns, you know, you know, Wolverhampton, Wolves are right in the middle of Wolves, you know, Villa and Blues are pretty much close to Birmingham City Centre and Warsaw's more or less smack bang in the middle of Warsaw so they do they do feed into the general feeling around your your area so I think it is imperative that Warsaw do have a good run now and hopefully get a promotion yeah next up we have got start the best till last then West Brom are up next so West <laughs> Brom are next does are West Brom going to get promoted they're going to, I think they're going to make the playoffs. They've, uh, I think, again, what a terrific manager. He's an absolutely, yeah. he's done an extraordinary job there with a team who, when Steve Bruce left them, they were in the bottom three. He lost his first home game against Sheffield United, what, 18 months ago. They, were, I think they went bottom or bottom two. I think they've picked up something like 60 points in 27 home games now in the league. And he's, he's had a lot of injuries. Obviously, there's this massive cloud over the club regarding the... Uh, the owner and all the financial issues, and yet he's he doesn't moan. He gets he gets on with it, and he just finds a way. And I think he's one of the the best progressive coaches in in English. You know, young younger coaches in English football at the moment, actually. And they're five points clear of seventh now, Albion, with nineteen games to go. Very good at home, so they've got every up every chance. And um, it would be a real, regardless of whether the takeover happens or not. It'd be a game changer for the future of the club if they could get promoted this season. And if you don't get if you don't get a point next season, you still get hundred and fifty odd, hundred and sixty odd million pounds, which would be yeah. well, you know. So it's it's they've got every chance of it. I think that I think you look at. I mean, I don't know what you think, but usually um, in the Premier League, there's a few poor teams. I don't think there was a poor team. Well, actually, I thought the worst team last season was Bournemouth, player for player, and Gary O'Neill kept them up. The three who went down, none of them are really that bad. And I think you're seeing that now in the Championship, that they're all up there mm. along with Ipswich, aren't they? Like Southampton, Leeds, Leicester. They weren't that bad last season. It's just that three teams have got to go down, haven't they? Uh, yeah. So I think how strong they are. But once you, once you take those out of the equation, I don't think there's anything to choose then. And Albion are right in there, and I think they've got every chance. Yeah, he's he's a good coach. Where was he before West Brom? Well, Huddersfield. Well, in a, yeah, he worked under Bielsa at Leeds. Then he took yeah. the Huddersfield club and he took them into the playoffs from again down towards the bottom of the league into the playoffs. And then he went off, was it Olympiacos or somewhere? But he weren't there long. And then and then he, he came back and, and got the Albion job. And it was, um, I mean, from Steve Bruce to him, it was, uh, <laughs> they'd have gone down. If they'd Night and day. That. <laughs> it was but his record's out. amazing. Yeah, I was just looking. Yeah. I was looking forward to you know, sixty-two games he's been in charge. He's won thirty-one. That's fifty percent win rate. 
And it's yeah. not like he's gone into a club that's absolutely flying. You know, but, but he's a Leicester or Southampton or Leeds that have come down. They managed to retain all their players. They haven't. They've been in disarray for two, two, three seasons. You know, they've, they've financial problems, selling everybody. You know, having to rely on young kids coming through, blooding players, picking up bargains here and there and everywhere. And he's he's coming and revolutionising them, really. You know, and I think. I've read somewhere that he's quite friendly with Unai Emery as well. He does spend a lot of time with him. So um, it's obviously rubbing off, isn't it? The old Unai Emery uh, effect. So, yeah, I think he's done really well. They've got, you know, their problem this season has been got goals, hasn't it? I think is it, Thomas Asante's got nine and everyone's injured, aren't they? Yeah, well, DK's uh, coming. He was the main centre forward. They signed Josh Madger and then he got injured. They've had Jed have Wallace. they signed Andy Wyman? Andy Wyman's gone there on loan, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so that's another option. Yeah, that's a, for you know, decent pickup experience in that division. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they've got a very good chance of, of, of playoffs. I, I think top two is probably too far because I think the top three, maybe Leeds, if they have a run, are probably going to you know swallow up the top two. But I think, like you say, the home form is very good if they can pick up points away from home. I look at the teams behind them: Sunderland, Watford, Hull, Middlesbrough. I think, I think they're probably got enough to see those teams off unless one has a you know a mad run which well, in the championship well, can happen. Yeah, yeah it always happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was Villa, weren't it, a few years ago. So Yeah. Ten in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Right, finally then, Villa. So I mean, me and Justin talk about Villa all the time, so we're going to shut up about Villa. Uh, Daz, you can do the talking on Villa, but I'd love to know <laughs> from sort of like not a Villa fan, where do you think Villa are going to finish this season? I think they've got every chance of being in the Champions League. And uh, I'm a great believer in the league table doesn't lie. And I think when you... um. When you had that week, when you had Manchester City and Arsenal back-to-back home games, and a lot of people, even Villa fans, if we could take three points from these or four points from these, we'll, we'll be delighted. And it wasn't just the fact that you beat Manchester City. You absolutely schooled the Even Pep couldn't come up with an excuse, just had to go, bloody hell, best team won yeah. by... And then three days later, not just after the, the physical um, demands of that game, but the psychological demands to then come in and play Arsenal and to have to scrap and you're finding different ways to win matches. And just recently, I think it's one win in the last four. And obviously there's this whole debate now about since Sheffield United, teams are perhaps just going to be sitting deeper and saying, all right, break us down. So there might be an element, but we were saying on the phone tonight, I think a lot of it now is just down to a lot of the players are just knackered. And I think this break's come at the right time and allow a lot of them just to recharge their batteries have a bit of a spark again and go again. But we watch not, not, watch not, not top three in the Premier League, a couple of three points off the top in Europe, the FA Cup. It's fantastic, isn't it? And it's, it's, you just go, you just enjoy the ride now, the second half of the season, I would say. I mean, the, a disaster now, you'd be in the in Europa League. That would be a horrible, terrible mm. run into the end of the season. You'd finish in the, you're going to be in Europe again next year, guaranteed, I would say. It's just which competition again. Yeah, and it feels, you know, sometimes you'll get sort of like, I don't know, a team that's doing it a bit fluky and it, it doesn't feel like that with Villa, does it? Because you look at all like the off-field stuff with, you know, Monchi coming in and there's a, there seems to be a, a, a transfer policy and a recruitment strategy. It really does feel long-term now. And I think for Villa fans, 
we've not we've not really had that stability as a fan, you know, because we've always sort of been championship, getting back promoted to the Premier League, and there's always that edge of like, oh, we're going to go down and stuff. But it feels now where fans feel a bit more relaxed and on board, and and I think that plays a massive part. I think so. Justin, do you want to add anything? What Daz has said? No. Agree. Everything you know. I think we we've done phenomenally well, haven't we? We we speak about it week in week out on the pod, and we we can't really be happier. I suppose than it's going. I, I, I'm happy to go on all fronts. I, I don't get this. Let's you know not take the FA Cup seriously. I mean, it's a tough draw, away at Chelsea. But I was looking. I think this morning at the draw, and and Tottenham have got Man City, and we've got Chelsea. You know, if we were to knock Chelsea out and Tottenham beat Man City, which is a very real possibility because it's at the line, then then there ain't that many, you know, of the top sides left in in, in FA Cup. So you know, a couple of you know lower league sides. I know we've fallen foul to that in the past, but. We could really go far in the FA Cup as well, and, and the Europa League opens up again in March, and who knows who we're going to get in that? And that, they're two-legged games, so if you win your home game, you can maybe go a bit. There's ways of, of balancing this squad out to go on all th- in on all three fronts. Top four is priority for me. I think you know if you'd have offered Villa fan at the start of the season fourth position, they would have absolutely snatched your hand off and said, "We'll just finish it there." But and I still think that's a massive possibility, you know, the way we're playing. And I agree again with Daz that, that this two-week break's come at a fantastic time. You've got Yuri Tielemans coming back. You've got Pau Torres coming back. So the players that have been missing these little this last few weeks, Kamara's been suspended. And even the likes of Emi Buendia, possibly we might see him before the end of the season. So, you know, it's it's massive, isn't it? It's huge for us. And 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 and, and the longer we can can continue in the sort of pathway we're going on, then and then the better we're going to be, aren't we? Towards the end of the season, definitely. But Daz is gone. gone. He's gone. Um, <laughs> they've kicked him out. They've kicked. Told him he's got to go. Go. Got to go home now. Um, but yeah, so we was going to finish the episode there anyway. So uh, hopefully you've all enjoyed uh, having Daz on and, and having Daz's thoughts. And oh, he's, he's here. He Back. Is. We were just saying we were going, Daz. Um, hey. We're saying that the, the phone in the shop go home. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't done this. you locked in. About you. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Daz. Anyway, it's been um, great having you on, Daz. Again, thank you for inviting um, and... me on. I really appreciate it. It's just great just to chat football, isn't it? And God, wait, yeah. if Villa are fourth with a game to go and Tottenham are fifth, the national media will still be going, Can Tottenham make Champions League? It still won't oh, be yeah, about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I've gone back to my rant again with the steam coming out here. <laughs> no, look, Daz. You, you're one of the most passionate football fans I've ever met in my life, and 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 that's why you do the job you do. But I think us as a, as a podcast, and I know that the, the the Wolves one and the Blues ones that do them as well, and you yourself, we have to batter and batter and batter this door down because nobody else is going to do it for us. Uh-huh. We've got to do it for our clubs and our region. I'm passionate about it like you are, and Luke is as well. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And if the clubs can continue on the trajectories they're going on, we cannot be ignored for much longer. Brilliant. Definitely. It was almost almost Churchillian, that was. I'd vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, right. Man. Thanks, Daz. Thanks, everyone.